Amen. Please be seated. You know, in seminary, they caution pastors against talking about two specific topics from the pulpit. Money and politics. Money and politics are topics that you might want to avoid if you don't want to needlessly offend the people who are sitting in the pews. And yet in today's biblical text, we're going to be in Mark 12, 13 to 17, Jesus takes on each of these topics, and so we as his church will do the same. Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. I'll begin reading in verse 13. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me, he asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought him the coin and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. Please pray with me. Lord God, we are so thankful to be gathered together today in this place. We sit amongst family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're so thankful for this community to call our own and this beautiful space to gather in every Sunday at your invitation that we might worship you. We're thankful for the scriptures as well. And in these next few minutes, as we gaze into these words and the teachings of Jesus, I ask that you give each of us eyes to see just what you want us to see. I ask that you give us hearts that are soft and ready to receive whatever it is you choose to reveal. And I pray you give us conviction that is strong so we can apply what we see and understand to the way we live every day. I pray all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all of this starts with a trap in verse 13. We're told that they send some Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus. If we look back just one verse to verse 12, we can see who they are. They are the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders, the religious establishment. And you remember, as we've made our way through the Gospel of Mark, every single event, every miracle, every moment of teaching, the tension has been rising and rising between Jesus and these religious leaders. He has become a threat to them. He is inspiring the people. And to them, it doesn't need to happen this way. They need to put a stop to the influence that Jesus is having. And so here... They send these people to him, and probably they did so, because Jesus had just told the parable of the tenants, and they knew that Jesus was talking about them as being a threat to the people. They had lost face in front of the crowd of people, and they want to regain their ground. And so a trap is set. They determine to catch Jesus in his words by asking him a question to trip him up. Who they chose to send was part of the trap. You see, there were those two groups of people, the Pharisees. Now, Pharisees were conservatives of the day. 
They believed that no tax whatsoever should be paid to Caesar. They represented the religious power in this equation. But the Herodians, they were the polar opposite of these Pharisees. They were the progressives of the day. They actually represented Rome and political power. And so, yes, you should most certainly pay taxes to Caesar because he is your ruler. They sent these two groups to Jesus, these representatives, so that in front of the crowd, no matter what Jesus said, if he answered yes or if he answered no, he was going to polarize the people who were there. And he would be taken down a notch in his power and esteem if it all worked the way it should. And so they bring this question in verses 14 to 15. But not before they butter Jesus up in the presence of all the people. They say to Jesus, we know you are a man of integrity. In other words, you must answer truthfully. You aren't swayed by others, they said. Meaning, you need to share what you really think. You teach the way of God. In other words, answer with authority. And so the question comes, is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay it or shouldn't we? And there it is. Money and politics right at the center of Jesus' ministry. It's helpful to know a little bit of background here. Palestine at this time was occupied by the Romans, and Caesar was their leader. Caesar required an annual head tax that's not altogether different than the per capita that we pay to our denomination, the PCUSA, each year. It was one denarius, this head tax, which was just one day's wages. It really wasn't a lot of money. It was the principle of it that angered the people. It was a question of allegiance, and they didn't want to give their allegiance to Caesar. So in this situation, with this question before him, Jesus offers his response in verses 15 to 17. But he begins with an accusation in the form of a question. Why are you trying to trap me? He highlights for everyone who is there listening their hypocrisy so that they can see what is at play here. And then he requests a prop. A coin, a denarius, the very coin that was used to pay the annual tax. Whose image is on this coin? And whose inscription? Notice that Jesus is the one asking the questions now. They lay this trap for Jesus. They intend to make him look foolish. They want him to divide the crowd. But within moments, their trap has gone sideways. And Jesus is in control, asking questions of them in front of the entire crowd. Whose inscription? Whose image? And these are easy answers. You see, the image on the coin is what you see up here on your screen there. The laureled head of Caesar on one side, his mother Livia on the other. The inscription on the coin said, Tiberius Caesar, worshipful son of divine Augustus. Imagine Jesus holding this small coin in front of the people. And the answer has already come from those religious leaders, Caesar. Caesar's image is the one that's on this coin. And now it's Jesus' turn to answer. He says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And honestly, this answer from Jesus, it is sheer brilliance. It really is. It's an answer that surely infuriated those who had set the trap because on the one hand, Jesus hadn't really answered, had he? They said they want a yes or a no. They want to divide the crowd, but instead, Jesus 
answers way deeper than what they were going for. And the people who were there were not frustrated. Mark is clear with us. They were amazed. You see, they understood what Jesus was teaching, what he was saying. That's because his response does far more than answer the simplistic question that was posed. Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. How do we know what is Caesar's? Whatever has his image on it. Give back to God what is God's. How do we know what is God's? Whatever has his image on it. Jesus is helping the people who are standing there listening to reflect all the way back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. The pinnacle of God's creative work in the world where God creates man and woman, and specifically, he creates them in his image. Every human being in this world, we're all of history, created in the image of God. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, whatever bears his image. Pay your taxes. Give your money to the government when it's required. But give to God what is God's everything else, all of who you are, every gift, every talent, all of your time, all of your undivided heart, give all of yourself to God. Sure, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give all the rest of who you are to God and to God's kingdom because you belong to him. Made beautifully, stunningly, powerfully, in the image of God. You see, it was all about allegiance, a question of allegiance from the beginning. Giving back to Caesar what is Caesar's offers respect to the state, to the government. But giving back to God what is God's limits that devotion that we have to the government, to the state, to the powers that be. It might be said that Jesus is encouraging here a loyal, but limited responsibility to political power. A loyal, but limited responsibility to political power. Make no mistake, the powers that be in our world will always demand our allegiance. They'll always want more than we give, but only God is worthy of our primary allegiance. Now, I'm going to be careful here. I don't want to step too far outside of my lane. But in our politically charged world today, this is not what is always happening in the church. This rise of Christian nationalism and the fusing of government and faith has been challenging for us to watch, especially as Christians in this world who value our country and the freedoms that we have in this country, but always need to remember that our ultimate allegiance, no matter where we live, no matter what freedoms we enjoy, is our God. And God and government are different things. They dance together sometimes, they work together sometimes, they can empower one another, but make no mistake, when you give to God what is God's, it is you offering all of yourself to him, not to another person, not to another system, but you, taking this beautiful creation you are, unentangled with anything else, 
and offering it back to him. That's what Jesus is calling all of us to think about here. We belong to God in the most beautiful sense. He has marked us with his image. And only God is the worthy recipient of what we offer. Have we allowed anything else to stand in the way? The Lenten season is the perfect time to weigh this, the perfect time to sit in God's presence through prayer, through a focus on a story like this, and ask, are there parts of me, God, that I am holding back? Are there parts of me that I need your help to offer? God, enable me to do this, that I become, marked by your image, fully, fully yours. I encourage you this week, sit with this text, sit with the questions in your bulletin, and take the time to really weigh who you belong to and how you offer yourself your allegiance to the living God. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we are inspired by your interaction with people. You saw the trap coming, and you took the opportunity to teach something powerful, something beautiful about us, about how you have created us, about how you have called us to follow after you and live for you. We live in a complicated world, and there are all sorts of powers calling our name, asking for our allegiance, and we want to be good citizens in this nation. Help us to figure out what that looks like alongside our devotion to you, alongside our offering of all that we are to you. You made us in your image. You have loved us as your children, and you have called us to offer back to you all that we are. Enable us to do that well. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.